Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey, Cat. Hi, Moose. What are you doing? I am writing a bio. Oh, goodness. I thought we hire people for that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not writing it anymore, but that is what I was doing before we started talking. I was I was crafting a bio for one of my clients. Oh, hmm. how's that sonic beverage? Well, it's <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Funny you should ask about my sonic beverage. I got up this morning, had my coffee, did my normal morning routine, talked to my mom on her way to work, took the dogs on a walk. And, um, and I was like, I am crying an unsweet tea with the, um, I think it's Splenda peach flavoring from Sonic. I was like, I have to have it, but you can't go to Sonic and not get tater tots. So then I was like, I'm going to Sonic. I'm going to get the tea that I want. I'm going to get tater tots, but then you can't go to Sonic and not get the cheddar peppers. So I got cheddar peppers. (laughs) And then I also got, um, a breakfast toaster with ham and eggs. So, I mean, like I got all the things at Sonic this morning and whenever we do the podcast, I like to always have one tiny drink before the podcast. Like it just, I feel like it kind of like loosens my shoulders up and I probably need to do something more healthy, like do like eight brocades of Qigong or something like that. So I might consider that in the future. But today I decided I'm drinking iced tea. I need to learn how to make a Long Island iced tea. Well, my goodness. um, So I asked her friend Heidi, I was like, you know, she's the chef of all chefs, bartender of all bartenders. I said, how do you make a Long Island iced tea? And she was like, duh. And um, so she gave me the recipe. So I put the Long Island iced tea that I made in my Sonic iced tea and it is delicious. Can you hear me? Now I can. If you said anything while I was talking, I didn't hear you. Well, my God, I've been trying to interrupt you for 15 minutes. Oh, I didn't hear you until right now. I'm sorry. Well, I just want to comment that I, you mentioned you went to Sonic yesterday and I basically begged you to drop me something off. You laughed at it an hour after I mentioned it. And then now you're, you're rubbing it in that you've had cheddar peppers, hash browns, tater tots, a ham sandwich with egg, cheese, tomato, lettuce, pickles, (laughs) and a giant Splenda filled tea. And I'm just over here just trying to recover. Well, first of all, let me apologize, Moose. I am really sorry. I've thought of you yesterday when I was going to Sonic and I thought of you today when I was going to Sonic. But when I had, and this is so interesting because one of the things I wanted to ask you about today, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but I wanted to ask about, um, or I wanted to talk about kind of what people say and what we hear. And this is a great example of that because what I said is, hey, I went to Sonic. And what you heard is you went to Sonic and I've asked you twice to bring me Sonic and you didn't bring me Sonic. I am so hurt. Like that's that's what I heard you say you heard. And I went to Sonic this morning and was really sad because I wanted to get you a Route 44 ocean water with extra ice because I know that that's, I don't know about the extra ice, but I know you like the ocean water drink. But when I decided to go to Sonic, it was only like 30 minutes before my online therapy appointment this morning. So I couldn't uh, possibly get fair. to Sonic, get your food, get to your house, get to my house and also make my therapy appointment on time. So it's not that I wasn't thinking of you. 
Um, it's that I had the idea of Sonic too close to my therapy appointment. Well, I love you and I'm not mad, but you know how they say that it's the thought that counts and you said you thought of me? Yeah. That that bullshit's not true. Oh, really? No. I love if it's somebody the says not they've what been thinking about me, I'll like it makes me it, it it like does something for my whole chi. Like if well, somebody says, Kat, I was thinking about you. Yeah, I'm like, but, really? Cool. But they, didn't, they didn't say I was thinking about you at Sonic. Like if they said that, you would have been like, damn it. I want some mozzarella sticks with ranch. Mm. It's yeah, different. You're right. You're right. I, I really don't know how to get out of this hole I'm in with you, Moose. Well, that's okay. Although now I'm craving Sonic and... Um, <laughs> this is how you Sonic. All right. Um, speaking of being on the road on the way to Sonic, um, I realized this week that I am passive aggressive. Really? Yeah. Now, I thought that was more a characteristic of... Um, the number nine on the Enneagram, which I need to ask you something about the Enneagram after you finish telling me about being passive aggressive. Okay. Yeah. It is usually a downfall of a nine, a downfall. That sounds so Christian, doesn't it? Um, I'm going to start using only Christian, like Christian phrases. Like it's a, it's a backslidden behavior of a nine. (laughs) (laughs) Those backslidden nines, they've been sitting on those dirty toilet seats. (laughs) (laughs) and being all passive aggressive but no i was driving and i busted out laughing because i was um i was at a stoplight and i haven't i want to talk about this because during coronavirus like i am realizing i am backsliding when it comes to being a human like really yeah like i don't really know how to drive anymore let's be honest i do it about three (laughs) times a week and every time i get in the car i'm like wait how do i maneuver this large metal case um but so i was at a red light and there's a car in front of me and it turned green and i totally was as patient as i could be which was about three seconds and then i honked the horn and then (laughs) I turn around and act like the horn came from behind me. Like, <laughs> so you like kind of like visually blamed it on the person I behind totally, you. And I've been doing that my whole life. Like I realized <laughs> and then I bust out laughing because I go into this full therapy session by myself of like, oh, my God, you totally just acted like that was the person behind you because the person in front of you looked at you. And so I turn around. And it's like, honk. And I'm like, how dare you? I mean, I full on make the face of like, oh, how disrespectful. I mean, that is a that's a problem. It's <laughs> a problem. It's a problem. But it's also one of those things where you can also just go, this is me. Like, this is me. This is how, this is something that I can't handle the pressure of. And I'm just going to say that if, if I honk my horn, um, I'm going to pretend to slough it off on somebody else. Cause I don't want to own it. You know, like you can just do that. Well, no, I think that if I can't handle the pressure of honking my horn, that I shouldn't be honking my damn horn. This is my <laughs> biggest problem is as an eight, I'm just constantly like walking in like I own the place, you know, and in reality, like I'm just like this little kid who built up all that protection. But that's a perfect example of it. I'm like slamming on my horn and then I'm shocked by my own behavior. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to get in trouble. Shocked by your own behavior. That's funny to me. 
<laughs> that well, you would shock yourself. That could be like a subtitle of the movie of my life. <laughs> Moose shocked by her own behavior. <laughs> shocked by her own behavior. Okay, I know this isn't my only my podcast, but I have to ask you about something hilarious I saw online this week. Okay. You have a client who is one of the funniest people I have ever met in my entire life. I know which one you're talking about. (laughs) Sorry if you're not who I'm about to say, because you're just not as funny as she is. But can (laughs) we talk about Lee Nash and her hysterical humor? Yes, we can. So Lee Nash, if you don't know who she is, is an amazing songwriter and artist. Um, Used to be part of Sixpence None the Richer, uh, but has her own career. What? She still is part of Sixpence None the Richer. They don't exist. Yes, they do. They do shows there. Like they did a show in Jakarta, um, Indonesia, uh, last year. No, two years ago. Now you're just showing off. No, I'm not. No, I'm not showing off. I'm. I'm just excited. I can pronounce the name Jakarta. Because <laughs> normally, like my pronunciations really suck. Thank you, Chris. Thank you also for being one of our most recent P Dog patrons. <laughs> and if you don't a- know what that means. You guys need to check out our Patreon page because um, our friend Chris, who points out my mispronunciations, and it doesn't hurt my heart, Chris. It 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 like reminds me that I'm human, and it also um, I just love that you're listening. So it really really brings me delight. Anyway, I think you're eating Sonic still. Are you? I'm not. I'm not. I'm eating a a cheese quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> This is it's going to sit great people. on top of those tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> cheese upon cheese upon cheese. Welcome cheese to upon America. Cheese. So I have something to say about that, but I feel like you didn't finish what you were saying. What was I saying? Oh, Lee. Our, I want to talk about yeah, Lee Nash. Yeah. Okay, so straight up, I go on, and this will probably be a few days uh, from the time we record this to when it goes up, so you might have to dig through her timeline, but she did this. she does these videos all the time, and sometimes it's like, this you know she'll put a filter on and she's like this country guy that's talking like this but this time it was her she was herself and she said something to the point of um during COVID-19 having a telehealth appointment with your doctor is kind of like going on a date and so she was doing this whole monologue between her and her doctor except she was both Oh, oh, good morning, doctor. Um, I just, well, I just woke up like this. <laughs> and her hair's all curled. She's like, um, I am still wearing my pajamas, though, so. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You look great, too. <laughs> and I laughed so damn hard, and I just had to give her a shout out because we loved Lee Nash. I mean, she's so funny and her favorite, my favorite character of hers is Thomas Dominic. It is, if you don't know Thomas Dominic. Oh, I think I do. Yeah. I I I mean, it it is, it is my absolute favorite. Like I will watch her videos of him like 10 or 11 times in a row because I think they're so funny. (laughs) I think she's an absolute genius. She's an amazing songwriter. She's an amazing artist. She's an amazing personality as a human. And she shows that on her Instagram account at Lee Bird Nash. Yeah. Lee Bird Nash. But yes, we love you, Lee Nash. And thank you also for being a listener to the cat and moose podcast. 
Okay, so earlier we were talking about Sonic, and again, I'm really sorry that I have not brought you Sonic during COVID-19. Um, I will remedy that, Moose. I really will. Um, the question that I I came to was that, I think I mentioned to you that I got the breakfast toaster. And <laughs> yes, I, I don't know if they're marketing that sandwich correctly. <laughs> okay, tell me more. They should say beneath this sandwich, this sandwich works better than Colace, better than Exlax, better than Ducalax. This sandwich will clean your entire system out in less than 30 minutes after you consume it. Well, I don't think that people would take it then. I think it's like a natural full body cleanse. Well. The breakfast toaster from Sonic, which brings me to my question. My question is that, do you ever notice when you're cleaning your toilet, do you ever notice that there are spots of what is probably human waste oh my on parts gosh. of the toilet, we on just... parts of the toilet that you can't possibly draw a straight line from the anus oh, to the toilet? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? started this episode and we're already talking about waste. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. That is, you can't hear me? No, I can, but it's like kind of cutting in and out. Oh, that's your internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I've said before, I'm still on dial up. Okay, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> I feel like we need like C a CB or walkie talkie or like, what are those radios called? Uh, spam radio or something? Uh, a shortwave radio. Yeah, but what are they called? Spam or Pam? I, I think they're called shortwave radios. No, man. Oh, ham. They're called. <laughs> <laughs> they're called Again, ham the Cat News podcast where you come for facts and information. <laughs> it's called the ham radio. You know what that is, right? Yeah. I was so close with spam. Okay. Wait, what were we talking about? I was talking about how does human waste get on parts of the toilet that that don't have a direct line to where the waste comes out of? Like, okay. how does the, I have an the little spot of doo-doo or doo-doo juice or whatever it is, how does it get okay, on a part of cool, the toilet man. that I just I just don't understand it? First of all, we have to go back to the way you say sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> sandwich. Do I say it like I say important? It's sandwich. Like the sandwich. D is super soft. Sandwich. Sandwich. You say sandwich. 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 Is that like your Norwegian inside of you? There's a guy mowing the lawn. Right. Hi. Thanks for coming during this time of recording. Um, I th that is probably my Norwegian uh. Uh, ancestry, yes, that I say sandwich. Okay, so back to your answer to your question. I'm going to refer to my mother, who was also my North Star, and she would tell you that in our family we have something called an EPA. Oh, we had that too, the emergency poop attack. 100%. And totally. that, there is no direct line. That is like a firework. Imagine... <laughs> It's a firework. Just think of Katy Perry's song, Firework. Firework. 
Yeah. That's what happens with those particles. But I still want to know, like, I need to know the physics of how this happens. It's like it comes out of your body. I'm going to not say graphic terms because we've been criticized for that. So it comes out of your body. It goes into a bowl of water. And so does it splash back up to the top of the underneath of the toilet seat? Like, like I understand an emergency poop attack. We all have had them. And this morning's breakfast sandwich is, again, if you want that, go to Sonic and get the breakfast toaster and substitute the bacon for ham because that's what happens. What I thought our podcast would be about ever. Like if you were like, (laughs) maybe we're going to talk about, I mean, I told like we're comparing ourselves to like Eckhart Tolle I mean, we aren't him. My God, we may have like a touch of spirituality, but now we are in the bowl of a toilet. But I would like to know, and please write us, okay? If you're listening and you have time, and whether it's on social media, whether it's over email, whether whatever method you want to use, please, if you have never wondered, how did that speck of poop get on that part of my toilet. If that is not a part of your real life, I would love to hear from you because I think everybody out there has experienced that. This is the perfect time for me to tell you that we have a 1-800 number. What? (laughs) Wait, we have a 1-800 number? We really do. Okay, you know I can't use the internet, so I have no idea how we, Cat and Moose, could have a 1-800 number. How in the world is that possible? Well, we joked about it like four episodes ago, but I I just wanted to see if it was possible. Well, of course it's possible because my name is Moose. (laughs) And so instead of writing us or whatever, can you please call call 1-866-CAT-MOOSE? But here's the deal. Moose is spelled M-O-O-5. Ooh. And just go with me. Just go with me, people. Like, picture it, and then you'll remember it. one eight six six cat moose moo M-O-O-5. It kind of looks like moob. M-O-O-5. Moob. That doesn't look like a moob. I thought it kind of looked like a like five looks like an S. A five looks like a B. It kind of does. Just think about it. No, like, an eight looks like a B. Now you've confused everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to confuse everyone. In case anybody wasn't following along with that, it's one eight six six cat k a t m o o five b. You know what, producer Sarah just reminded us of what <laughs> is that? It's not a one eight hundred number. <laughs> That's a one eight hundred number. That's not true. It's one eight hundred. One eight six six is the eight hundreds. <laughs> It's awesome. We love you, producer Sarah, and are so grateful that you keep us at least somewhere near the parameters of saying something accurate. It's really, really kind of you. I love you too, cat and moose. Um, <laughs> speaking of writing in and, um, you know, sharing things online and stuff like that, somebody did the sweetest thing for me this week. Tell me. So our friend Heidi, we've talked about her before. She and I are the ones that had the big wreck with the pontoon boat. So um, 
she tells me the other night, she's like, Hey, I want to be sure that you are watching your favorite weather lady tonight. And I'm like, is there like an apocalypse? Because that's what it would take for me to not watch my favorite weather lady. Cause I really, really enjoy watching news channel four. And Lisa Spencer is their chief meteorologist. And I just think she's a star. I think she's so talented and I love hearing her talk about the weather. Well, occasionally when the weather has been not terrible and she's having to report on really terrible things, she will feature pictures of people's dogs that they send in. And our friend Heidi sent in a picture of Corey and Belle, who are my golden retrievers. And Lisa Spencer talked about them on the 10 o'clock news. I am. I can't even tell you when you text me what. So Lisa Spencer wrote back and basically was like, Check out the 10 o'clock news, Well, right? Well, Heidi Heidi is the one who did it because I wouldn't even know how to be in touch with Lisa Spencer. I mean, I tried to take her a bag of voice tea for Christmas one year and you told me that she probably thought it was anthrax. So, um, <laughs> so basically, <laughs> Heidi sent her a picture of the dogs and Lisa said to Heidi's picture, hey, these are so sweet or these are so cute or something like that. And then a couple of days later, she wrote back again and she goes... Corey and Belle are going to be on the news at 10 p.m. tonight. And so at six o'clock, Heidi told me, you need to watch the news at 10 o'clock tonight. And so I was glued to the TV starting at like 938. I recorded it and I watched it 655 times, like on repeat. It was so cool to hear her talk about my dogs. I think it is so funny that you love your meteorologist so much. Like I tease you all the time for it. Yeah. But it's like, what is that connection between you and Lisa Spencer? I don't know, but I'd really kind of don't want to meet her in person because I feel like I would say something stupid or I would get nervous around her. But like, I'm not, I'm not weird around celebrities, like around people of, um, I was going to say people of great knowledge, but that doesn't make sense. Um, I'm, I don't get nervous around celebrities and I, for some reason, I think she reminds me of one of my high school teachers who I really had a lot of respect for. And I think I really miss, um, I miss my interaction with that teacher cause she was really a, a special teacher of mine. And so I, I think that's why, and she, she delivers the weather in such a way that makes me feel like I'm going to tell you the weather that's coming your way, but I'm also going to give you a really big hug because you're awesome. Yeah. Like that's how it makes me feel. Well, we love you, Lisa Spencer. Nashville's most accurate weather. <laughs> I'm meteorologist Lisa Spencer with WeatherWise. So you know how every Thursday I start panicking like an hour before therapy about yeah. what what I'm going to talk to my therapist about? Uh-huh. Well, I've decided that in, in order to avoid that, I'm going to start writing things down like I do for the podcast, um, mm-hmm. you know, as they come up. And so last night um, I was having this, I don't know, like I guess I was just quiet for a little bit and I was having this moment where I was like, okay... I want to I want to dig in on some things that I'm noticing about myself. And one of those is just since coronavirus, I feel like um, I have noticed this um, sort of lack of self-confidence in myself Mm. um, when it comes to like leading meetings or leading calls or whatever it is that I normally have to do for for Mm. work. I'm noticing like this panic starting to happen a little bit before and um to the point that there's been a few times where I've like canceled meetings because I don't feel prepared, which is not like me at all. Mm-mm. Um, 
so anyway, I, I started thinking through that, like, okay, why is my self-confidence waning? And, um, so after I thought through it a little bit, I asked Sarah, I was like, Hey, can you talk through something with me? Cause I think sometimes for me, I think I'm so self-aware, but I'm just not. And I need like an outside perspective. So I started asking her and I was like, um, she, her thought was that I am using what I think about myself and assuming other people are thinking that about me. Okay. Wait, say that again. Um, so I, she was saying that my self-confidence is waning, um, because the things that I'm thinking about myself, I'm putting it on other people. So say that I'm having self-pity or just not having self-confidence. Like I'm about to lead a meeting that I don't feel like I have my head in that. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and I start getting panicked, like, oh my gosh, I do not feel comfortable leading this Zoom or whatever. And, but the thing that I'm actually operating out of is everybody's going to recognize that I'm not pulled together or I don't have mm. my, you know, I don't, my brain isn't firing on all cylinders or, you know, like I, I'm thinking you, that about myself. So I'm immediately assuming everyone's thinking that about me. Does that so make sense? It, it does make sense. It, it makes me sad for you, but I also relate to it. And I think everybody relates to it to an extent. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like walking into a meeting or a discussion or whatever it is, feeling like everybody has already seen your underbelly. Like everybody's yes. looked under the hood exactly and seen right. that you've got a few spark plugs missing, right? Like that's exactly. kind of what the the feeling is. And first of all, even if you are operating with spark plugs missing, no engine oil and a few belts broken, you're still above average. So you need to remember that because you're awesome. And then secondly, another thing I think you need to remember is you need to remember that everybody is thinking about themselves, it is very unlikely that the people that you are talking to are thinking about you. They might be thinking about you in the very moment you're talking because they want to, you know, they're trying to do active listening. They're trying to, you know, be sure that they understand what's being said and any directives that are given them. But most people are sitting there going like, do I look fat on this zoom call? Oh my gosh, I'm going to fart. Can I mute myself? Oh my gosh, <laughs> my dog is barking in the background. So I better mute myself. So I don't seem unprofessional. Oh my gosh, there's trash on the desk behind me. Like that's what's going on in everybody's head. They're not thinking about you. And so what I would love to encourage you to do is that thing. And we learned this like probably back in high school, um, about stage fright. It's like, just pretend everybody in the audience is naked. I never understood that though. I didn't either because that makes me feel real weird. I know. Like all of a sudden I'm like staring at your groin. That doesn't help me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like You're I'm not sorry, looking but at if I'm looking at people I work with and yeah, if I'm looking at people I work with and, and you're naked, I'm going to stare at places I shouldn't be staring. Unfortunately, <laughs> out of pure shock, let me okay so but here's the thing with that whole the whole idea of self-acceptance like I just I wanted Sarah to keep talking because I was like oh my gosh like this is someone who sees me and knows me and it was like uncomfortable as she's like sharing about me but one thing Sarah said that I actually wrote down so I'm gonna read it is I think you're either afraid of being found out or you're afraid of being seen Huh. Are those kind of one and the same? 
I'm wondering that too. Like when she said that, I was like, hold on, let me find my phone. I need to write this down. And I was like, I think we're all, well, I know this only because I've had 12 therapists tell me it's true. (laughs) I think we're all in this imposter zone in most Mm. of our lives of like, oh my God, somebody's going to find me out. Hmm. Do you believe that? Your, your hmm said you didn't. No, I'm thinking about you. It's like I automatically want to spit out 18 words of encouragement for you because I'm like, what if you were found out? People would find out how incredibly awesome you are, which we all already know. It's like there's not some evil side to you that you are consistently hiding from all of us. That's the part that is interesting to me is like, what are you worried about people finding out? That you're a absolutely brilliant, wonderful, beautiful, powerful, strong, amazing, uh, charismatic, and just freaking fantastic person. Like, what what are you afraid of? Well, I I understand all of that. I'm saying it it comes from some sort of shame, some short <laughs> of shame. That's what I'm telling you. Some sort of shame. <laughs> so it comes from some sort of shame. But it does. It's like, I mean, I always think about my life as a house and mm. how many doors do I have shut? I mm-hmm. think about that all the time. Yeah, because we talked on one episode about the girl behind the door and then it turned into like a creepy horror film. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's my six-year-old Paranormal. self who starts having blood drip out of her eyeballs and it's like, yeah, sorry, that's what trauma does to you. Uh, but yeah so I'm always asking myself like how many doors do I have closed because you know like each of those doors holds trauma or shame or whatever and so I don't think it's like one specific thing of being found out I think it's more about like that imposter syndrome of like you know I come to work every day and I I know I've earned this to some degree but you know you know how it is when you don't feel up to par one day you're like I don't know man like Mm -hmm. I you just start having all of those doubts. It's that self-doubt that gets into your head. It, it really does. And it is got, it has got an ability kind of like not, not dissimilar to the coronavirus. It's got this ability to be viciously contagious. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you feel that way about yourself and it's like, oh yeah, you've let me in. Now I'm going to get into every cell of your body, you yeah. know, and guess what? I'm going to get into every cell of everybody else's body around you. Rah! You know, it's like, why does that have so much power and why does the, the good things about ourselves, the wonderful things about ourselves, which we all have, and chances are we have a lot more good than we have bad, unless you're just a really bad guy. Um, why is that? I don't know, but I know that I don't like living this way. And, you know, um, I, I text you this morning because I knew we were going to be recording and sort of my next step out of that. Okay. So I recognize that I have some weird shame here in the corner of my house with the door closed. Um, and then I was like, okay, let's start with what you know. And so I text you and I said, Hey, before, cause we don't always talk about what we're going to discuss. And so I hit you up and was like, before we do the podcast today, will you write down five things that you know to be true about yourself? And I did the same thing. And I, I think that's a good start is, okay, Mm -hmm. let me just find my center again. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure my feet are on the ground. And so I would love for us to go back and forth with one thing that we know to be true about ourselves. And maybe we can encourage our listeners to do the same. Okay. So 
I wrote down a bunch of things and then I scratched them out because they were super boring and not who I want to be. So they were true, but I wanted something more fantastic. So I may change these as we go. But okay, I, I think the first shall be last says thy Bible. So I want you to please go first. What oh, you want me thing- to go first? I do. Tell me one thing you know about cat. Okay. Well, this is this a good time for me to talk about um, talk about school a little bit? Yeah, this- we love to jump around and swing back around. Okay. Well, let's be swingers and let's talk about school. <laughs> <laughs> so. In one of my classes, this was last quarter, which by the way, I have a 96 GPA. I would like to just say, no, my GPA is 98. Yay, Kat, good job in school. Um, So in one of my classes, one of the things that we had to do is we were challenged. It's very interesting that you brought this up because we were challenged to write affirmations about ourselves. And it wasn't just, hey, write down these affirmations because I was like, "Ah, I can do that. You know, this is like, you know, psychotherapy 101, whatever, you know. And so I wrote some things and I'm like, that's sweet. And they were like, "Okay, so now what we want you to do is we want you every day, at least three times a day to look yourself in the mirror and to say these things and to say them each three times in these different ways. And so what they taught is they said, for example, I'll share one of mine with you since you asked is one of mine is I am smart and I know my shit. Love it. That's one of mine. And the way that I'm supposed to do it three times a day in the mirror in three different ways is I'm supposed to say, I am smart and I know my shit. And then I'm supposed to say, I am smart and I know my shit. And then I'm supposed to say, I am smart and I know my shit. So you're supposed to say it in three different ways. I love that. Right? It's great. And the key, the big key to it is you are supposed to look yourself in the eye, in the mirror and not break your eye contact with yourself. And if you do this three times, three times a day with each of your affirmations, it is a game changer, Moose. Well, now that we're on Zoom, I have a mirror right in front of me. So I am ready to do what you said. Let's do it. So let's hear yours. Okay. Like I said, I might change these as we go because they feel a little. I thought you said that Carol wasn't invited today. Well, if you don't know who Carol is, go back and listen because she's a. Episode four, Carol and Powerful Women. And, and, and Moose specifically said that Kathy couldn't show up today. So Kathy is super offended that Carol can show up and she's not been invited to the party because she's fat and she's dumb and all of the things that Kathy says. So thanks a lot, Carol. Carol, go away, Carol. All right, I'm going to start with the most exciting one. Okay. I love adventure. So yeah. I'm going to do it. Here we go. I love adventure. I love adventure. I love adventure. Yeah. And that's so true. That's so exciting. It is true. I'm a little jealous of your life in that way. I was having a conversation this morning and, and talking about like, am I like my happiest self and my true self and all the therapeutic things I'd spend time on. And, um, and the person I was talking to you said to me like, well, if not, like, what are you missing? And that's one of the things I said is I said, I'm missing adventure. Well, hello, come along. Clearly you're one of the first people I would ask to go on any of my adventures. 
Okay, so one of the things that uh, you asked me to come up with five, and so here's one of my other ones that I came up with. I am worthy. Wow. I am worthy. I am worthy. I love that. I want to talk about what worthiness means eventually. Okay. Okay. Um, My number two is I deserve so much love and I have so much love to give. Ooh, I love that. Oh, that's fantastic. You do have a lot of love to give and you do deserve love. You are such a fantastic human. Yes. Yeah. Come on, feel it. Where do you feel that in your body right now? In, in between my boobies. You feel it in between your boobies. So that's around your heart chakra. Yeah. It's like fire. It's like a yeah. fire in my heart. Yeah. Let it burn. Come let on. It burn. You're going to be calling my red phoenix out before, you know, and I know people who don't know what that means probably thinks it sounds dirty. It um, does sound dirty. <laughs> you know how we okay. talked about <laughs> P dogs and she dogs. Cat calls her she dog her red, red phoenix. phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a great cartoon for that that I'll have to post on Instagram. Yeah, I really don't think we need to do that. And I do. You know, one of the things I learned is is um, in my body work. One of the things that that popped up in in my mind was a vision of this uh, kind of my spirit man that lives in my chest. Like I feel like he's kind of transforming throughout this whole therapeutic process and 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 he is no longer a he he's like a he and a she which I can't really understand or explain but it's this big beautiful red phoenix that like lives in the center of my chest so you say when you feel that between yeah that's boobs. what I pictured yeah and so um so my red phoenix it makes the sound of Khaleesi's dragon in Game of Thrones I don't watch that but give give me your best example <laughs> my best example is so when the dragon is feeling really um like like he's being treated tenderly because he's a dragon so it's like who's going to treat a dragon tenderly well Khaleesi does because that's his mama so whenever he's like purring he makes that noise so of course I had to get on my dial up and I had to type in braille and morse code and say where did the sound of khaleesi's dragons come from and so i found this article where the sound designer for game of thrones found some of the sounds of khaleesi's dragon and it wasn't this purring sound thank god that is the sound that i really resonate with but one of the sounds that the dragon makes when it's like breathing fire on all the bad guys she manipulated the sound of two giant tortoises having sex. Oh my gosh. How do people come up with things like that? Well, I think something's wrong with them. <laughs> but yet she's the sound designer for Game of Thrones. She's probably a billionaire. Well, I'm sure she is, but I, you've got to pay billions <laughs> to sit around and listen to different animals having relations. <laughs> and go, you know what? That sounds like a dragon. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to ask you, you said you want more adventure. Tell me what adventure looks like to you. Because as you were talking, I was like, I know what adventure looks like to me. It means saying the night before, let's go on a road trip and let's go. But if I'm going to be a good friend to you, what does adventure look like to you? To me, adventure, first of all, looks like a genuine day off work where I don't have to pay the Pied Piper a million dollars for having taken a day off. 
Okay. You know, I feel like, oh, I can take a day off, but what's going to happen is I'm going to get all the guilt trips and all the, you haven't done this and you weren't present for this video shoot, or you weren't available for this, or you didn't advise or guide that. And then therefore the whole world has fallen apart because you took a day off. You know, like I hate that feeling. Well, now that we've gotten your baggage out of the way, what does adventure <laughs> look like? <laughs> The adventure looks like um, being on a road trip, um, not having the responsibility of any animals. It looks like um, having the windows down and having music on so loud that like we're really convinced that when we're singing Celine Dion, we sound like her, like that, the music that loud. And, and then I think like, just going like, Hey, guess what? We're hungry. That means it's time to eat. Hey, guess what? We're thirsty. It's time to drink. Hey, it's time to smoke a pipe. Hey, it's time to climb a mountain or whatever it is. It's just something that, that, that feels like it doesn't have parameters. There's not a schedule. There's not a, there's not like a, 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 what do they call those uh, jackets that crazy people have to wear? Straight jacket. Yeah, it's it's like it's like wow, you get to take the jacket off and just go. Ooh! That's what it looks like to me. Okay, that brings me so much freaking joy. So, why can I not plan that if I, you give me some days? I, I didn't say you couldn't. But like I know you, like you're like oh, sounds like a fun idea. But then, it, it ne- then I put never... my straight jacket back on. I know, and I need to free you. Yeah, I think it's because I'm afraid of the consequences. I'm afraid of if I actually like like actually leave work to to take care of it and 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 I'm not like I'm not too self-important I don't want people to get me wrong like I'm not going like oh it's important that I'm around so that the world turns on its axis I know that that's not true um but I guess what I'm saying is that I I feel like I get beat up if I take time off because I've missed something critical or something important. And I just, I I wish that that piece of it, I wish I could come back and just jump right back into my job and not feel like, Oh, I've, I've really lost some ground because I went on a big adventure. Well, here's the reality. We work in the music industry, not the medical community. So as I always say, there is no one dying on the table true and i think that's just a way you have to set boundaries of like hey i actually don't want to be contacted i believe that you my clients and anyone else labels etc relationships we have i believe you can go seven days without me and i believe that i can do it as well and you put some fences up and then you go on the montana vacation (laughs) <laughs> to Glacier National Park with and, your best and I, friends and I can do all of the work except putting you in the car like we could have somebody watch all the dogs like it's possible okay well I think we should do it we need to do it we need to do it. And you just gave me an unbelievable segue into something else I want to talk about, but we haven't finished hearing all of the truths about ourselves. Well, it doesn't matter. We go wherever we want. <laughs> That's right. Because this is a news and noteworthy and factual <laughs> podcast, the cat and moose podcast. So where I want to go with this is something that I learned in school last night, and it is a four step process in how to set boundaries. 
Ooh, please teach us. Right? Okay, if you are listening right now, this is gold. This is absolute gold, and you don't have to even pay for it. It's free to you from the Cat and Moose podcast. So basically, here is how you set a boundary. First and foremost, you state the facts. So let's try setting a boundary. Why don't why don't we say that I'm going to set a boundary or no, let's have you set a boundary. What's what's an important thing you need to set a boundary We're for? We're going to role Moose. play and I will be you and you will be your clients. And you're going on an adventure. So yeah, we're going to practice. Go ahead. Give me the first boundary. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not it's not a boundary. It's the first step. Sorry. So the first step is to state the facts. I am going on vacation. No, I'm, I'm you. So you're, you're me. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) So the first step is to state the facts. I am going on an adventure and I will not be talking to you for the next week. Okay. And then the next step is say thoughts and feelings around those facts. There's a part of me that feels guilty about doing that. But then I started kind of thinking about it and realizing you're an adult And you can handle your problems and your opportunities for the next week. So um, I'm going to choose not to feel guilty, but I just wanted to make you aware that's something I was feeling. Excellent. Now, tell me the boundary that you're going to set. What is it that you want? So what I want is a week where I can really be introspective and have some fun with a few close friends and just check out of work. And the last thing is, what are the consequences if that boundary is not upheld? Oh, that's good, right? Um, and I just want to let you know that if you do call me or text me, my phone will be turned off. So you won't be able to reach me. Yes! Okay, number three. Um, sometime, okay, this is just what's, what's true. This isn't all affirmations for me. So this was just a true statement that came out. Sometimes I have overwhelming anxiety. Hmm. Do you want to say more about that? No, I just, I think that was good to recognize. Like I, I mm-hmm. was really just trying to tap into what is real and true for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an answer for that and that's okay. But I think it's good to say it and to recognize it and to notice that that's actually been something I've dealt with my entire life. I just haven't recognized it. So, well, I think it's very self-aware. So I think it's awesome that you recognize that. And, um, I was listening to episode six about quarantainment. I went back and listened to some old episodes just to kind of see like, are we getting better? Are we getting worse? Are like what, you, you know, maybe it's just narcissistic. I don't know, but I was listening to episode six. And one of the things that you were talking about in that episode was social anxiety, And it's really shocking to me because of your personality type, you are, you are loud, you're boisterous, you're charismatic, you're strong, you're magnetic. Like you've got all these qualities that just exude confidence. It is really surprising to me that, that you have anxiety. And I would love to hear more about that. Like how does the dichotomy between anxiety and your your outward confidence? Like how do those things coexist? Well, I think I'm still learning about that. Um, Glennon Doyle talks about in one of her books, sending out a representative. Um, and it's kind of the person that maybe you think people want to see. It's not that it's not you. It's just a more confident version of who you might be. 
And uh, I've always resonated with that. Um, and then Sarah said to me the other day, she's like, I know I joke and say that eights are usually like M&Ms where they have like the hard shell around them and the melty center. She's like, but I think for you, it's like so much more than that. You're like this, this knight in armor. And mm. she's like, you come into the room like really big and everyone's like, oh, there she is, you know? And um, she's like, but underneath that, you're naked, completely naked. And I like, when she said that, I was like, oh my God. Like, I've always used the phrase, I feel like I'm walking around with no skin on. Um, mm. and, and that's where I really connect with Enneagram 4s is the intensity of their emotion, you know? Because um, sometimes I can get lost in that as well. Uh, but that's what I feel like I do. I feel like I'm naked and I'm, I've been stuffed into this knight's armor, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the best way I can describe my anxiety is like, I know how I am expected to show up. Hmm. And, and that's another thing is I don't think I recognized for 15 years how much, uh, I had to be so competitive in the industry I was in. Um, and, um, and the level of pressure that has been on me. And since I've started my own company, there's different kind of pressure. But um, I think I have buckled a little bit to that pressure of, you know, it, it's like I had a doctor tell me one time, your adrenals are shot. Like, I'm surprised that you can actually get out of bed. And I think, well, of course you have to get out of bed. But I think there's a point where you just break, whether that's emotional or whatever. And my anxiety has been the thing that has broken it, mm. it's gotten worse than it's ever been i mm. would say um and yet i still show up because that's what i do mm -hmm. but um but that's what i feel like i feel very vulnerable on the inside and um i i think what makes me even more vulnerable is when um people don't see me that way and that's what i'm afraid of being found out or seen mm. Mm. do you what does moving toward healing and health in this area, like what comes to your mind visually? How do you picture yourself? How do you picture the, the armor and the nakedness or the, the shell of the M&M and the chocolate? Like what, what is the, is the healed or healthier version of that? I think it's, <laughs> it sounds so weird. I think it's the naked person with a few clothes on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That you totally know, like, makes sense. Like she's wearing shorts and a tank top, yeah. you know, but it's like, it's like I'm, I'm willing to be exposed, mm -hmm. which is like the worst thing for an eight, you know, this, it's a fear of being exposed. And so, you know, when I talk about being found out, it's like, I think to most people, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it's like, I mean, I think of all these kind of things, you know, like, um, you know, we work in the music industry and, um, you know, we have Christian clients that work on the Christian side of the music industry. And I don't, um, you know, I, I have 100%, I have faith and I have a faith story, but I don't look like, um, you know, the conservative Christian when it mm -hmm. comes to my beliefs or my whatever. And so that's a piece of that too, is like being found out and it's like, okay, you know, and you could run all of the, well, then what, what happens? What's worst case scenario? And it's like, 
well, my livelihood to some degree, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there we we are in a climate where it's you belong or you don't belong yep. in some ways. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think there's fear of that, too. And um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, uh, not necessarily in the workspace, but in this idea of like I show up to something that I belong to. And I put that in quotes, um, but I don't really feel like I belong. Hmm. And what, what better feeling than to feel like you belong? Like that is, that's like a, it's some, it's, I feel like it's in there in that like Maslow's hierarchy of needs or whatever. Like there's something in there about belonging, having a herd. That's why we call our, our community around the podcast, the herd, you know, because it's like, it's having a tribe, having a a group of people who were all together going like, you know, and it's like to, to feel like there is a lack of that or, or a deficit of that is, is a true heartbreak. It is. Do you feel that way? Like I'm in a herd? No. Do you feel like you, are there, are there areas in your life that you feel like are disconnected from who you really are? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it is, um, it's, it's not terribly different than what you're saying. I think a lot of it is, is rooted in fear. And a lot of it is, um, is also realizing that I can't expect if I'm going to be my best self, I can't expect everybody to want to come with me. Wow. I mean, God bless America. Right? Like if Can I'm going to say be that best, again, say that again, say it again is what I said. <laughs> well, that's amazing. It's like we're on the same page, Moose. So say that again. If I'm going to be my best self, I can't expect everybody to want to come with me. Wow. My fear is that if I am my absolute best self, nobody will want to come along with me. Like, like everybody will think I'm weird or everybody will think I'm, I'm dumb or everybody will think that I'm crazy or everybody will, will just be like, wow, that doesn't look like fun. Like, duh. Like we don't want, it's like, I've built my entire life around how can I control and please and serve and do all the things so that all the people want or need or love me. Yeah. Like that's that I've had that hardwiring since I was a child. I learned this in therapy this morning, um, which was a, a, a whole other subject that we can spend a whole other episode on. But, but yeah, it's like, I, if, if I stop doing and serving and providing and, you know, being the, the ear that you bounce something off of or whatever it is, it's like, you might not want to come, like you might not want to come and hang out with me or be my friend or, you know, be my client or be my family member, you know, and that's a really, you know, a fear of mine is I, I, I really don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. And so I think that that's really the driving force behind, behind my problem. That's mine as well. That was the last thing I wrote was ultimately, you know, it's, it's fear of being rejected And then abandoned, Mm, you know, mm -hmm. like this idea of like, oh, no longer. Well, here's what I think is like, oh, you find something out about me or you know me. I mean, really, it's you know me better than you did before, um, whether you like it or not. And you, you have this realization of, oh, everything I thought about Moose or Cat is no longer true because of this. 
Like, I Mm. think it's that black and white sometimes. Mm. And, you know, like it's, it's this or this. And I, I, don't you think that we have learned of a lot of that around religion is like, oh, you're good or you're bad. You're black or you're white. It's the idea of non-duality that he talks about. Okay. Unpack that a little bit. I I think I know what non-duality means, but can you unpack that for me? Well, I'm going to leave space here for Sarah to give the actual <laughs> description of it. <laughs> Where producer Sarah comes in and says the only real valid content on the podcast. <laughs> so here's where that will be. Dot, dot, dot. The dualistic mind is binary thinking. It knows by comparison, opposition, and differentiation. It uses descriptive words like good and evil, pretty and ugly, and smart and stupid, while not realizing there may be a hundred degrees between the two ends of each spectrum. The dualistic mind cannot process things like infinity, mystery, God, grace, suffering, sexuality, death, or love. This is exactly why most people stumble over these very issues. In contrast, the non-dual mind is a much more holistic way of knowing. It's where your mind, heart, soul, and senses are open and receptive to the moment, which allows you to enjoy the things in the moment and love things as they are. Reference, CAC.org. My understanding of non-duality is um the it's believing there are there's room for gray that's the best mm-hmm. way i can describe mm-hmm. it is it's it you know we don't have to live by being good or bad in or out belong or not belong but we it, it's fluid yes. you know if yeah. it you know and that that's uncomfortable i think for a lot of christians i would say um i think it's uncomfortable it, for most people and and I yeah. think that religion lays a layer of um of you know depending on how healthy you are in in your faith which is not for me to judge but I I think that you know if, if there's a layer of unhealthy um kind of religious guilt or shame or expectation or whatever it's like that's like what's like wearing a gravity blanket that's 10 pounds too heavy yeah no kidding which why why not unpack everything here because this is what we do right you know i mean i all of this me digging in started with the anxiety and then you know part of my anxiety and stress is the fact that you know i carry more weight than i want to i have a little more chub on my hub (laughs) i was wondering i was like do you mean emotional weight do you mean physical weight i was wondering like where that was going you know, and I've had therapists say like, oh, and like the one thing you don't want to hear, my God, is, oh, you're wearing, you're, you're wearing extra protection to protect yourself as if you're just like shoving in French fries every single night in order to create a barrier. <laughs> in order to protect yourself from being the chocolate M&M. <laughs> Yes, exactly. My God. But I've, I've, I've started to lose some weight too. And it's like, you know, like just, it's weird to think about that there could be an emotional attachment to, you know, um, be, you know, uh, remaining heavy. What am I trying to say? I don't know. Okay, I need you to go back to when you said that you don't have to bring everyone along with you on your journey. 
or something to that degree. Where I said that my fear is that nobody will want to come with me. Is that what you mean? I, is that what you said? I think so. I think my fear is that if I am in my best, truest self, that nobody like in my current life configuration will want to come along with me. And do you, do you believe that is the truth or is that just your fear? That's my fear. So what are your choices then to not be your best self? Well, to just continue on exactly as I am. And is that worth that to you? I don't know. It keeps being worth it to me because I keep doing it. But at the same time, I am doing a lot. of. I'm actually doing a lot of things you are. to become. It, it's so cool. You know how we both talk about how if our therapists say something nice about us, it's like it lasts in our in our gas tank of affirmation for like months or whatever. Yes. So my therapist said to me this morning, she said, um, ah, damn it. I can't remember it. She said something along the lines of, of you, you are one of the fastest growing people I've ever met. She didn't say those exact words, but it was something like that. It was like you, you, I think what you're getting at is, like I had someone say like, you're a greyhound, like, you know what I mean? Mm, like all mm-hmm. you need to do was be put on the right path mm-hmm. and then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And and I think she said what my therapist said to me was something along the lines of, um, you really, you are one of the most, um, growth seeking clients I've ever had. Mm. And she even went to, went on to say that she feels like we're kindred spirits because of that. Like, she's like, I'm a seeker. Like, I want the truth. Like, I want to be my best self. I want to lay everything out on the table and I want to cry about it and scream about it and kick and stomp around about it. You know, she goes, but by golly, I want to get to, to what is my best self and I'm willing to do the work and I'm willing to grow to do that. So it was a huge compliment to me um, that she recognized that I, I have that in me too. And so I guess I am working toward my best self. I need to totally retract everything I said before because I'm doing several things to become my best self. I'm going to a couple different kinds of therapy, both of which have been so healing and so fantastic for me. Um, I'm going back to school and I'm learning about something I really care about. And then on top of that, um, I'm, you know, starting to drink at 10 30 AM every morning. So I, I'm really <laughs> on a solid path. I'm pretty sure it was 11:30, so you're totally good. Oh, okay, good. At least it was it was in the afternoon on the East Coast. <laughs> All right, so my my third statement of truth about myself that I have had to read in the mirror 3 times a day in 3 different ways is that I am desirable. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, I would love to believe it. I am a Scorpio, and so I want everybody in the world to be like crazy attracted to me. Like that's like a thing that's a, it's just a part of my astrological sign, which if you believe in that, that's fine. And if you don't, you can not listen. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's something that I've, and, and it's really, really, I, I, I don't believe it. I I know it's the truth. I know that there are people out there who desire my company, who desire my time, who desire my love, all the things. Uh, But that's a real hard one for me to believe. Well, I think you're amazing for sharing that, first of all. And then second of all, I think that I have an idea for you to help you be feel more desirable (laughs) to do the podcast naked. (laughs) No, because I have to zoom you. But... (laughs) 
I I have some dances that I like to do in front of the mirror. Okay. <laughs> where I think different parts of my body. We just posted this <laughs> Anne Lamott quote and talked about it last episode. You know, where she's uh, talking about, like, don't not get on the beach because of your jiggly thighs. Um, I I was just watching this whole thing on, on aging. And I'm amazed at how many people are so paranoid about aging. Because that, for me... I understand not being um, not being valuable anymore. I can understand that. My mom went through that. But as far as like not being able to be wild and free, and I mean, you're allowed to as you get older. You you can wear whatever the hell you want. People don't question you. They're just like, oh, that's so and so, you know. And I don't remember my point at all. <laughs> oh, oh, the dance. Back to the dance. So you basically stand in front of a mirror and you can be clothed or not clothed, whatever, clothed, whichever you're more comfortable with. But you basically just fling your finger down and point at different parts of your body. Oh my gosh. And you think it, you thank it for serving you. So you think your thighs, but you can do it in a sexy way so that you feel desirable. You could do some weird, like dirty dancing moves. <laughs> I think the thing that is going to be a stumbling block for me is that if I see my body in a mirror and I point to parts of it, that enforces that I am not desirable because I am, I don't feel like if I were to do this like sexy dance and then like point at my shoulders and go like, Oh girl, those shoulders are looking good. Like, I don't believe it. Like, so is it, is it just a repetition thing? No, it's the idea of being playful. Like, Clearly, we're not going to look like we did 20 years ago. Right. So it's like it's recognizing that it's not just this body that makes us desirable. Like, you want to know what makes me desirable? The fact that I can laugh my ass off at myself all the time. Like, Uh that's fun. Right. And so I think it's the idea of not taking it so seriously. Like Mm. our bodies are going to do what our bodies are going to do. There's only so much we can pull back the reins on. Uh (laughs) So I think you just got to, I think you got to honor and love those pieces. Well, and I think too, I I think that I just have to remember and believe that when people say they want to spend time with me, when people want to be around me or they say they enjoy my company or they're lonely without me or whatever it is, like I just have to start at least pretending to believe that. Well, how about not pretending? Just try. That's all we're asking. And okay. if you if you need that same encouragement, everyone go listen to Pink Song Try. It's yeah. my favorite song of hers of all time. We all need that song. Okay, Moose, so what is your fifth truth about yourself? Um, I am dependable. That one's like a... But I am dependable and great in crisis situations. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Okay, so I, I have firsthand knowledge of how dependable you are, Moose. Like, you are... of this podcast. Sarah is 18% of this podcast and I am 2%. And I'm saying that a little bit in jest, but like you are one of the most dependable people I know. Like if you say you're going to do something, you do it and you don't just do it. You do it with gusto. You do it with determination, with integrity. And I love that about you. I am curious about the part where you talked about being, what was the word that you used? Effective or strong in crisis? just great great you are great in crisis say more about that well i mean i'm i mean i'll help you bury a body you know like (laughs) just 
I mean, ideally, most of what I do is law abiding, but I am definitely where there's a will, there's a way type person, almost to my detriment um, in some cases. But I mean, I am a great person to call when shit's falling apart because Mm -hmm. uh, in my head, I've already played it out in my own life. So it's like I know what to do or I can at least problem solve pretty quickly. I love that. And I, I also have experienced that, but I wanted to hear your perspective on it more. I know there are a lot of situations, especially in our jobs where, um, where you really do have to handle really, really interesting scenarios and you do really, really well. And I feel like I do well too, in a very different way. Like I kind of become professor cat. Like I don't, I don't want to go bury a body. I want to tell you where to go bury it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I think, I can solve problems well, but I prefer you communicating that because you're, (laughs) you're more, you can, I often share too much what I'm feeling in a situation where you can be very stand in the middle and represent everyone well. Oh, thank you for that. Now that we've had a giant love fest, let's just have a giant love fest. When we were talking earlier, I I think it was not on the podcast, but we were talking about um, what would we teach in a masterclass. And one of the things that I think I would teach is diplomacy. Ooh, I like. Because I think I'm, I'm okay at that. You are very good. Almost to the point that it drives me crazy sometimes. That's why it's so good. (laughs) Do I hear some whistles? I think you hear some whistles because these are the things we love. Here are some things we love. (laughs) So these are the things we love. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Frankie, calm down. Okay, so here's the deal. I didn't like what you said last week when I re-listened and you said, what are you loving up on? And then I repeated you and said, here's what I'm loving up on. And that sounds too much like rubbing up on. I I, I mean, I completely disagree. Okay. So (laughs) what are you loving right now in your life, Moose? Well, I'm not rubbing up against anything. I just want to make that clear. Oh, well, I certainly didn't say that either. Okay. So um, I am so excited to tell you guys about something that I watched on Netflix. It was um, Gwyneth Paltrow has the company Goop that a lot of people know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, but there was this thing on there that said Goop Lab. And I thought, oh, it's probably just going to be like this giant advertisement for um, for her company, but it's not. Everyone needs to stop what they are doing, male and female, and go watch this show. So there's like six of them, I think. And I am not kidding. It is the best education that any male or female will have. And I say that because one of the episodes is about the female downtown. Oh, And you will learn something. In fact, there's pictures. (laughs) I'm totally lost. What do you mean? Like like you're saying it's the most educational thing. And then you're saying that it's going to tell me about my parts. I don't know that I need a lot of education around that. 
Okay, I'm just uh, then I'm you- familiar with my folds, but I, what I don't want to know is I don't want to hear about it, and I certainly don't want to watch a show about it from Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, all I'm saying is that that's not what I'm not saying. Go watch that one if you want to skip that one. Feel free to skip it. You will be glad to know there's an entire episode on um on body body parts. <laughs> <laughs> this is going absolutely downhill like as if I was on the slip and slide in your backyard crashing into your fence. <laughs> no, the trauma couch is on the fence. No, not body parts. Back up. That's the one we just discussed. On um on, what is it called that you get? <laughs> I mean, nothing that you're saying makes therapy. any sense it's a whatsoever. <laughs> it's a kind of therapy where they touch you. Touch therapy. That's what I'm trying to say. On my part? No. Uh, that oh, you got, my you're God. I like, like, can't even no, go no, to my no. appointment tomorrow no. now for fear. No, 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 no. You're getting too mixed up. There's one on touch therapy. That is incredible. This guy puts his hand over these people's bodies and they jump off of the table. Like what? the energy makes their, and like Julianne Hoff, Julianna Hoff, Julianna Hoog. <laughs> she is in this one and it's unbelievable. You have to watch it. But my favorite one was about, it was the first one and it's about cold therapy. Cold therapy. Is that where like you get in a ice, ice, a bathtub full of ice? Do you know about this? I mean, that's all, it's all I can think of is, is cause it like slows your heart down. It like, yes. it's like almost putting the body in a state of hypothermia, but not quite. Yeah. So apparently it can, it's healed people who have mm-hmm. all kinds of ailments. Is High them blood doing pressure. Cold therapy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. five, sec- five minutes under a cold shower in the morning. And there's this guy that you have to watch this cat and every single listener go check it out. If you need to borrow my Netflix password, let me know. But you have to go watch this because he teaches people who have anxiety how to overcome it. Um, And it's all about slowing down your own heart rate and breath. And he does a therapy around. Is it the Winhoff method? Yes, it is. Yes, I'm familiar with it. I I think I brought it up on a podcast before and just got completely ignored when I brought it up because he does this thing where he basically like encourages you to go like take a cold shower and basically breathe through it. So it's like you're supposed to go like and he does all these stances where it's like (gasps) yes it's called the horse stance and supposedly it's supposed to do amazing things for your body okay so let's watch it together on our adventure trip oh okay i would love that okay so i was watching tv the other night this is the same night where my favorite weather lady featured my dogs on her weather broadcast okay so i was already in a really great mood and something made me think of you there was a commercial that came on for bath planet what is that so bath planet is a company that builds extra wide bathtubs (laughs) no way yes Yes. I did. And I thought, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this on the This is the Things We Love part of the podcast because I thought, man, Moose will really love these bathtubs because they're nice and wide and she can totally do her thing that she likes to do in an extra wide bathtub. <laughs> so visit bathplanet.com. <laughs> 
If we have any new listeners, they're like, why does she need an extra wide tub? <laughs> You'll have to go back and listen. Episode 12, The Devil's Yoga and Narrow Bathtubs. Oh, speaking of bathtubs, oh my God, Kat, you are not going to believe what happened. So what? <clears throat> we've been dealing with COVID in this house over here and you know, people keep joking and using the phrase COVID brain if, you know, they forget something. Well, mm -hmm. I have an example of that. So I went to draw a bath, which what the frick does that even mean? Can somebody, <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody look draw that up? Like, it sounds I, so formal. Yeah. With it my, sounds like you're in Handmaid's Tale. I mean, here's like the difference between the reality of like me being in like a silk robe. Like, no. No, man, I started the bath is what I did. And I went and I started doing some things. And all of the sudden, I have this moment where I'm like, I have no idea if it's been two hours since I started that bath, or if it's <laughs> been 12 minutes. And I take off running into the bathroom. And the water is everywhere. The bathtub is <gasps> full. And the water oh. is like all over my brand new bathroom. Oh my gosh, what did you do? I screamed and Sarah came and helped save the day and we just, you know, it didn't get too much. I have like carpet in my bedroom that it connects to and then carpet in the closet as well. And luckily it wasn't too much damage, but that was a moment where I was like, definitely COVID brain. Yeah, definitely COVID brain, like your bathtub overflowed. I've always wondered, like, you know, we talked about toilets earlier and how strange stains get in strange places. I've always wondered when the toilet um, gets backed up and it does that thing where it comes right to the brim of the toilet. Have you ever had that happen? Oh, it's the when worst it, thing ever. It's terrifying because you're like, there is going to be toilet water soiled toilet water that is going to go all over my bathroom floor. And most of the time it never spills over. Why oh, is that? Bullshit. I grew up in a house. Oh my God. I don't know if I can tell the story, but I'm going to tell it. And then I'll tell Sarah later if she should keep it in. <laughs> I have grown up in a household with my brother who something is wrong with his intestines. Like, I don't know what to say <laughs> about it, except like something is not right there. But we always had overflowing dirty toilets. And it's seriously like... And they really overflowed? It's disgusting. Yes. It's 100% disgusting. And I, I, if I could never have an overtoed flush... <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> An overtoned flesh. That's amazing. <laughs> Special thanks to our producer, Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Production.